and welcome to David and Lucas's AFL podcast. My name's Lucas Holmes, and joining me as usual to discuss all things AFL and AFL on the Central Coast is my great colleague, David Redden. David, good evening. G'day, LJ. How are you, mate? Good, great to be with you tonight. As always, plenty of happening um, in, the, in the last few hours as well with some shock departures at Collingwood and some uh, fixture shuffling with uh, everything COVID-related happening in Sydney. So we're going to get stuck straight into it. Mm. Uh, I'll start on the Collingwood front first, David. So our list manager, or now will be former list manager, Ned Guy, has chosen to resign. Obviously, Guy, um, list manager at Collingwood over the last few years, uh, oversaw that interesting, to say the say it lightly, uh, trade period last year, losing Jaden Stevenson, Adam Trelaw and Tom Phillips. So guys decided to step down post the mid-season AFL draft on June 2. Um, just being a fan of the club and from, I haven't heard that much about Guy in terms of what he, in terms of his role at the club. Obviously, he's a former player manager as well, so has some experience there. But for me, just the way it was handled and the way it was spoken to by the members about, sorry, to the members and supporters, it's not that much of a surprise to me. Do you have any further thoughts about it? Looking from the outside, it looks to me like he's been the one chosen to fall on his sword. Yep. Um, <clears throat> he has some responsibility here, but when you have... Phillips is a good footballer, don't get me wrong, a serious player. But yep. Adam Chalor and Jaden Stevenson are very, very good footballers. And I can't believe that Guy is the only one that's been managing the salary cap at the Collingwood Football Club. Okay? Now, there's been huge press coming this week and the week before about Buckley that Rowan Connolly's written a very interesting article in which he says it's time for Buckley to go. But from from mine, Eddie's gone and now they've decided, the, the wise people at Collingwood, that Guy's got to be the one to go. Um I think that he's been handed a poison chalice with their mismanagement of the salary cap. And the only and their mismanagement of the salary cap is why these players... The one that's the most egregious, if I was a Collingwood supporter, the one that's the most egregious is Stevenson because he's young. Yeah. But, yeah, look, it's not a surprise, but I don't think it's the last person to leave, if you know what I mean. I just think yeah. there's their, they're in for a massive change. If you're a Collingwood fan, and, and everybody knows that you are... This is the start of a massive exodus. Yeah, to me, David, it feels like he's almost jumped before he was shoved off the uh, the the plank. In a sense, I think just the way it was handled, just from the club and how it was outlaid to the members and supporters, which there was not much of. Um, I just think he's been pushed before uh, he was shoved off. It'd be interesting too. Obviously, a really shrewd move by Collingwood actually was getting Graham Wright over to the club. Obviously, was the mastermind and a list manager behind Hawthorne's golden period in the early 2010s. Um, Wright, obviously, a former Collingwood player too. So there's where that link comes from. So Wright's um, taking over the list management role on a temporary basis till Guy's um, replacement is found. So... Peter Wright, uh, sorry, excuse me, Graham Wright all stepped directly into that role uh, in the short term after Guy departs the club on the 2nd of June. So some further updates too with the happenings of COVID situations yes. in Sydney has led to the updates this morning were that the Giants and both the Sydney uh, football clubs had been taken for, had been submitted COVID tests because of the uh, issues they've been having down there in the last few days. Um, 
reports and uh, statements that come come out before saying that the Swans uh, are are under no have no have returned no positive tests, so they've all come through negative, which is great to see. And because of uh, because of Essendon coming into play Sydney as well, uh, Greater Western Sydney, excuse me, they've taken some the AFL and their uh, and their administrative team have made some changes in relation to the schedule, which I now shall read out for you. Yes, I've so, got the same article you have. So could you le- tell our listeners, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, and we'll discuss yep. once you've read out what's going on, Lou. Yeah, so so Saturday, 8th of May, uh, Gold Coast Suns, v St Kilda and Metricon, they have moved that game to now 1.45 Australian Eastern Standard Time, formerly 2.10pm. And also, this game that in essence swapped it with is the GWS Giants v Essendon at Giants Stadium, Sydney Olympic Park, which have now moved to two ten from one forty five. And in this AFL media article, I was just scrolling through it earlier on. It was to do with. I'll just I'll just quote now. It makes me not make any mistakes, and I'm quoting now. The decision to swap start start times for these matches was made to ensure the Essendon Football Club was able to travel by charter flight in and out of New South Wales on the same day, Saturday, May 8, minimising the risk for the club and the broader competition, close quotes. So for me, that makes sense to me. Obviously, it gives them a little bit more time in the morning to travel down, shorten sort of the delay, but obviously with where the stadium is located, it's not a great deal in terms of travel back to the airport, but... Yeah, for me, it makes sort of sense to me, but you were sort of a little bit undecided as we spoke about a bit about it before off air. Yes, now, thank you for that. Um, the charter flight makes more sense. Now, the other thing is that I think that the charter flight's going in and out of Bankstown Airport, not Mascot. Okay, yeah. And Bankstown to um, Sydney Olympic Park's not too bad. It's quite reasonably comfortable to get to. It's not that bad. So I yep. can see what they're doing. Now, interestingly, in the same article on the AFL website, um, the Swans VFL game against Casey has been postponed. So the Swans aren't going early, and the Swans are flying down now to Melbourne yeah, night, yeah. to, tonight. To, to, to in a and I quote from the AFL website: "In a bid to dodge any potential border complications arising in coming days." End quote. So they've moved a couple of games around by half an hour. That's not a big deal. Um, and yes, luckily for everyone, the Swans uh, <clears throat> have all tested negative. McVeigh, Cox, and Pike, who the, the three of the Swans assistant coaches were hanging out at a there's a cafe cafe area at Moore Park near the ground where the Swans and the Roosters mingle quite a lot, and yep. um, this is where the one of the one of the patient patient number one has been there. So yeah, it's a real issue. We've we've had some major changes happen on my work in the city this afternoon, and I've got to um, wear a mask indoors as an example tomorrow at work, Louis. And we had to have it on the on the trains tonight as well. So some very big changes happening with a couple of COVID tests in Sydney. Now it looks like the AFL's got once again. It looks like they've not nailed it on the head. Um, and of course, as you as we spoke about off air, from and Brisbane has been moved up from Optus Stadium to the Gabba uh, yep. this weekend as well. And they've got a return game later in the year. So f- bizarrely, no one will play in Perth this weekend, which is the first time I think that's happened in years. It is speaking about. This weekend and previous, we'll now go back to round seven, yep. uh, starting Friday night in terms of results. Richmond, too good for the uh, underman Richmond, maybe said, too good for a Western Bulldogs side. 11 11 77, Western Bulldogs 7 13 55. 
a bit of a boil over at the MCG early Saturday afternoon. Collingwood, 7.13.55. Gold Coast, 12.7.97. Adelaide, 4.15.39 after what they shot, six, 16 goals, three or something the week before. The Giants, 15.16.106 in Jesse Hogan's first game for the club kicking four goals. St Kilda bouncing back from a defeat the week before, 19-14-128, Hawthorne 9-5-59. And a bit of a surprise in terms of margin for me, David, Brisbane 13-15-93, Port Adelaide 5-14-44. Picked by and Lucas Port Holmes, I might add, ladies and gentlemen. Lucas Holmes tipped the Lions. Uh, and a bit of a surprise as well, Sydney too strong in the end. 14-6-90, defeating Geelong, 12-16-88. Into Sunday now, Ben Brown getting a win over his old club, Melbourne, after trailing by three goals at half-time, 16-7-103. North Melbourne, 11-7-73. A game we spoke about on air in Sydney on Sunday, David. Essendon, 16-11-107. Carlton, 19-9-123. Yep. And in the Western... And the Western Derby, David, over there in Perth, West Coast, after struggling early, 2012-132, defeating Fremantle, 11-7-77. Well, yeah, can we start there, if that's okay? The, yeah, um, yeah. The, Those two have a fantastic rivalry. But I can't believe that the West Coast have been diabolical when, you, when they leave Perth this year, beat Fremantle by, you know... <laughs> By 10 goals or eight, eight goals or whatever it is. It's quite ridiculous. Eight and a half goals. That's an amazing performance. I'd, you wonder what the Dockers were doing, but great win for the Eagles and gets hopefully gets them back on track. But again, their challenge is not, not in Perth. Um, Carlton, yeah, good win over Essendon. Neither club are overly impressive. Lucas, at least North Melbourne showed some ticker and their performances yes. in the last couple of weeks have been okay. They've been below average, and whereas before they were just diabolical. So they really had a crackdown there at Bell Reef. The Swans, yep. Um, Geelong playing for profligate shooting, 12-16, Sydney 14-6, a great performance by them. You picked Brisbane over Port Adelaide. Um, I thought Port would do much better. That's a poor performance by Port Adelaide. The Adelaide press would have had a field day on Monday morning. St Kilda belted Hawthorne. I'm very pleased with the Giants' performance, but as I said, the Adelaide Crows were woeful. Um, the Suns, yeah, over the Collingwood. We'll speak a little bit about Collingwood going forward. But, yeah, good win for the Suns in Melbourne. They don't win too often there. And I think the most important win of the whole weekend was Richmond beating the Western Bulldogs. That's a superb performance. It was. It was. You were speaking about West Coast at home before. I'll just, I was reading through some stats and some team lists this afternoon. You were speaking about West Coast away from home. But even, some more, even more impressive this weekend, David, they did it without Mitch McGovern, uh, Tom Barras as well. So they're spying of their battle line. McGovern out for another one or two weeks, possibly with a with a groin injury. And Tom Barras just will have a shoulder test to try and get back through his pit fitness, excuse me, for this weekend and some other major injuries as well out of this weekend. Uh, Adam Tomlinson succumbing to a ACL injury against North Melbourne on Sunday, so it's a big out for him, big out for Adelaide, uh, for Melbourne, excuse me, that wouldn't surprise me if they move Tom McDonald into the back line yep. uh, going forward for me. I don't know how you think about that, David, but that would be a straight-up swap for me, more or less. I think it makes sense. With Brown coming back in, that frees McDonald up. Tomlinson's had problems before when he was at the Giants with a very, very bad tendesmosis injury. But for him, it's very, uh, I feel very sorry for him. He's a good player. He's playing very well in Melbourne. Where he's a wing at GWS, he's played as a key defender. 
So that'll hurt their structures a lot. But they've got big men there, and they've got Stephen May. And yes, I think McDonald will slot back in there quite comfortably. Yeah, and another major out for Carlton too, David. Mitch McGovern only after returning in the last few weeks to the major hamstrings. Uh, looks to miss at least eight to ten weeks. So a major hamstring rather than your usual sort of 21 to 28-day minor. So that's a big loss for Carlton. who have been steady. Like found some form the last few weeks. Um, Sam Walsh has been hugely impressive for Carlton. Obviously, rising star from a few years ago. He went uh, one-on-one with Andrew McGrath for Essendon, who also won a rising star. So some big midfield battles there, but Carlton uh, too good. And as you spoke about that last that last thing before, David, uh, Richmond undermanned going into um, into Friday night and will be undermanned for the next few weeks as well. But we both did the Western Bulldogs come into this game. We saw Richmond had a few out, but sort of just strangled the Western Bulldogs in the end and came up with a big win. But it's come at no cost. David Trent Koch and maybe the next three to five weeks for a hamstring injury and Dylan Grimes succumbing to a concussion too. So he'll miss uh, this weekend's round and possibly the next, depending on how he bounces back from those symptoms. Hopefully Trent Cotchin can keep his um, missus' uh, social media accounts under control a little bit this time. <laughs> now, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about is in the last few years, and I go back as far as Nick Revolt when he was playing, how many times have we seen these serious hamstring injuries that are two to three to four months? When I can remember hammies always being a two to three-week injury. So, re- regulation, and as you said, these days they go 21 to 28. But they, when they do four to five to four to five weeks, or eight to ten, or twelve to sixteen, that's almost hamstring coming off the bone. And I think it shows how much pressure their quads and hammies are under because of the running and the kicking they do. And you're getting this proliferation of really serious hamstring injuries. And I can't believe that any player in the AFL doesn't stretch properly and doesn't do their warm ups properly. I, I would find that extraordinary. So it's just interesting to see him. I know that Essendon wanted, and uh, I'm not being controversial, I know that when Essendon uh, chose the path they did a few years ago, their, uh, one of their concerns was their soft tissue injuries and how they'd recover. Now, they made the wrong choices when they did so and they paid for it. But, yeah, they're always trying to find an edge. But, yeah, you were talking about McGovern having such a long injury. There's just so many of them now that are not regulation hammies. And... Um, yeah, look, it sort of goes to show that I think that AFL footballers, particularly the elite footballers, are just putting their brothers under press under under stress so much. Yeah, and I think for me, it possibly comes down to sort of two main factors. Too obviously, no, having no physio background or anything, so this is just sort of what I what I view. I think it comes down to the speed of the game at the moment, too, David. I, I believe it's at an all time high in terms of actual the game speed and the distance. Um, the, pl- the players are covering. Some of the elite midfielders cover upwards of about 12 to 13 kilometres a game. Like your runners, you're speaking before about a Tom Phillips. Like you're still side bottom. Someone like an Adam Saar as well would um, clock up a fair bit of kilometres too. But when you were speaking before about returning from injury, it could also possibly to, to do with the load they're putting through their opposite leg and their opposite um, hamstring. Uh, just to give an example, obviously, the, prof- the professional athletes are trying to get back into the game as soon as they can. I think just with maybe the pressure they've been put under to a point of, to a point about getting back and getting and returning to play, just putting too much load into that opposite leg. And that's what you often find people favouring their opposite leg, obviously, with other injuries. So that could also play a part. 
in why there are more severe soft tissue uh, injuries. And we've seen that with knees and other things in AFLW, particularly in in these first few years of the competition. Lucas, I did an eight-week hamstring towards the end of my not illustrious football career playing up there in the cold weather in Orange. And I had an eight-weeker and I came back and played in the grand final and did it as soon as I ran out. So I understand what happens when you do a serious hamstring. It's obviously different for these elite athletes, but the bruising and the damage that goes into your leg is quite remarkable. And and and, and the, to, to come back from that takes an enormous amount. And of course, you've got to come back fit. So it's just it's quite an extraordinary situation. And let's wish, let's wish McGovern all the best. Do you want to head over to um to this week's games, my friend? There's some cracking games this weekend as well. Indeed, we'll move over to round eight now, and it doesn't get much bigger than this, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Grand final rematch, Friday, May 7th at 7.50 MCG Richmond. So we spoke about before, no Cochin, no Grimes against the Geelong, uh, Geelong outfit too. Also missing uh, Grime Myers as well. David had a um, fracture in his fibula, um, if I'm not mistaken. This will be the first game he's missed and yeah, be a break of 53 consecutive matches after he debuted in round one 2019. So uh, Geelong without Brian Myers as well. Um, into, into, into Saturday now. We spoke about this game briefly before Saturday, May 8, 1.45, Giant Stadium, JWS taking on Essendon. And 2.10, Gold Coast taking on Secula. I'll just run through the days and then we'll speak about a few. Uh, in Steel Side Bottoms, 250th game for Collingwood, David. North Melbourne take ho- playing host to Collingwood at Marvel Stadium at 4.35 on Saturday afternoon. And for, for me, David, the match of the round, oh. uh, pr- primetime Saturday, the undefeated Melbourne taking on Sydney. And then the other primetime game, the showdown, Port Adelaide taking on Adelaide. So that's Saturday's games. Uh, into Sunday now, Hawthorne. 110 playing host at the MCG, mind you, playing host to West Coast. Uh, on the at the TV game, according to the AFL website, Western Bulldogs and the traditional 320 slot at Marvel Stadium taking on Carlton. And prime time on Sunday, this game originally scheduled for of the stadium in Perth, Brisbane taking uh, playing host to Fremantle at the Gabba. On Sunday, uh, David, where would you like to start? Just just going back, I think that the list that you might have read hasn't been corrected, but I'm sure that the Gold Coast are now playing St Kilda first and then the Giants straight after at 210. Correct, with so, I have, so I haven't updated it, so yeah, I've just that, read straight from the website, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 don't be sorry, goodness me. Where do I want to start? Um, I might do this in reverse order, actually. Um, big test for the West Coast. They've just come off a win in the derby. Hawthorne are average, and Hawthorne got got belted by St Kilda. If the West Coast want to be serious about September, and I don't just mean week one, they, these are the games they have to win. They don't win very often. They don't play very often at the MCG, but they simply must win. Which, whatever way they've got to do it, they've got to get it right. And, well, and, one, and one thing West Coast do, and we've seen in the past, David, is they play the MCG extremely well. They do. They don't play there much, but they do play. Well, I think they'd rather play there than at Docklands, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think the Western Bulldogs will beat Carlton comfortably. I think that Fremantle are 15-1 to to beat Brisbane at the Gabba, especially now that game's in Brisbane. The showdown, with both of them getting pogoed last week, could be massive. Um, 7.40 on... uh, Sorry, 7.40 Australian Eastern Standard Time, that is. 
Um, that's a huge game in Adelaide. It always is. It's a it, it's become the stuff of legends in South Australia. Um, this one's a Port Adelaide home game, and of course they can't wear their their famous prison bar jumper. But yeah, Adelaide not playing overly convincingly. Port will come back after being pogoed by Brisbane. I think Port will win comfortably there. Melbourne at Sydney's a cracking game at the MCG. Melbourne have got to be favourites. Do you give the Swans a chance? Ah, uh, possibly. Um, it'll be interesting to see that how they line up. Melbourne, um, Melbourne after beating off last weekend, Bailey Fritch after kicking six goals was reported and subsequently banned for one match for striking, but overturned that at the tribunal. So um, Melbourne get Bailey Fritch back to say. Um, we'll be interesting. Sydney, um, we're probably lucky to escape, to be honest, a Geelong side last week after their issues shooting in front of goal. But you've got to give credit to Sydney hanging in. And they're probably, for me, um, have been the surprise packet for the season. I think they would have been um, probably challenging for the bottom end of the eight, but to see them well entrenched in that top eight is uh, something um, would be a surprise to me, and I would assume most others, David. Yeah, but they'll be thinking now of playing finals at the MCG. That's where their thoughts should be. North yep. Melbourne and Collingwood at Docklands. Um, Collingwood are listed as a dollar thirty-three favourites. North Melbourne have actually been okay. I reckon this could be very close. I'm going to pick Collingwood because North Melbourne are really at the bottom. But it would not surprise. The way Collingwood are playing, I'll tell you what, if Collingwood get beat by North Melbourne, yeah. holy cow, it'll be night of a thousand knives, Louis. Yeah, it's interesting too. As I said about before, still side bottoms, 250th game. was just tuning into Nathan Buckley's uh, press conference earlier today, David, and there have made the switch. Darcy Moore going back behind the football Played forward the last few weeks when they, they when they pushed Cox out for Anzac Day. So more going back behind the football will leave the forward duties in terms of key forwards to uh, to My- Darcy Cameron when he's resting Ruck and Brody Mindcheck as well. So more going behind the football. Aiden Core copped a, a knee to his thigh last week, caused him to be substituted out of the game. He may be t- touch and go for North Melbourne, but you expect them to. Aaron Hall played last week, so you're expecting him to back up. Luke Davis Uniac for North Melbourne could be back in the, in contention for playing as well. And a, a, a note beside this, David, it's a father-son matchup. Um, obviously, David Noble, uh, coach at North Melbourne, will be taking on his son, John Noble, playing for Collingwood as a uh, mid-season draft pickup a few years ago. So, an interesting battle inside the battle there. It doesn't happen very often. The Giants, you think, after beating Sydney, Adelaide and Collingwood in the last month, uh, you, you think the Giants are firm favourites at Sydney Olympic Park. Essendon just... I, I reckon Essendon aren't fit. It's as simple as that. I just I don't think they run out games very well. Yes, they've had one or two wins, but they just fall apart too often. They choke. Lucas, I'm sorry, but they do. And I don't, I don't have any faith in them at all. Yeah, it's going to be interesting too. Obviously, a few injuries Essendon have had and will have for the remainder of the year. They regained uh, Jordan Ridley back, their best and fairest from last season, back last week too. So, you expect him to back up. He'd be a big in for them. Giants, Jesse Hogan kicking four on his club debut as well. And a massive boost to the Giants with Toby Green re-signing for a further two years as well. So, you have this great seat. Toby Green at the Giants till at least the end of 2026. So you'd expect him to play the rest of his career at the Giants after being one of their foundation players. Talking about contracts, Christian oh, Petrarca. Yep. Holy cow, he's there till 2029. Yeah. What a pick. What, what, how good's that going to feel at, at, at the Junction Oval? Goodness gracious me. Melbourne, 
Wow. Yeah, what? Yeah, there's a massive contract there too, Dave. We just spoke about Christian Petrarca. Um, was obviously facing the option of uh, testing free agency at the end of this season, but it didn't take long for Melbourne to offer him a seven-year deal. So end of 2029, as you spoke about there. Um, obviously, they don't, um, this early in terms of contracts, don't release into many financial offers. They're obviously rough estimates. So we'll get more information as, as, as we go along. But massive deal for Petrarca, obviously just, really finding working into in, into his prime, um, tied third for the Brownlow in 2020. So massive things to come for Christian Petrarca. Had a soft link to Collingwood, possibly in free agency, but uh, Melbourne will be very happy to have him locked up until the back end of 2029. And Richmond and Geelong becomes a very interesting game on Friday night. Richmond are really starting to pick up some injuries, but I'm sorry, Geelong are not convincing. They have been average this year. They've had suspensions, they've had injuries, they've got an ageing list. I, I'm, Geelong just don't convince me, and despite the fact that Richmond are walking wounded, I'm going to pick them, and I reckon they'll win by three or four goals. I don't think it'll be close. Yeah, I don't think you can doubt Richmond either. I think Grimes will be a more influential loss than Cochin, as weird as that may seem. He just really suits that sort of third man over the top defending role, does Dylan Grimes. So obviously they have some big uh, bodies to replace um, Cochin, but they've got a few other issues in the midfield in terms of injury. So, like you, David, I'll back Richmond in. Backs against the wall. That's how they like it. So, chip Richmond for me. Jeremy Cameron's been good these first few weeks in for Geelong. Obviously, still missing some key names as well there. Patrick Dangerfield, obviously, out for a long time with uh, surgery. But Richmond, uh, backs against the wall, job against the Western Bulldogs last week. I'm going to tip them to do the same this week. Jeremy Cameron was robbed of a mark in the end of that Sydney-Geelong game, which I don't think should be forgotten. Louis, perhaps just before we go to the AFLHEC briefly, um, the Brownlow medal leaderboard, as per ESPN, that they've got seven of the last eight right with their particular tipping model. If you just might, if you wouldn't mind, I'll just read go them. For it. Seven yeah, votes no, up. So it's Cam Clayton Oliver on seven, Cam Guthrie on eight, Max Gorn eight. On eight and a half, Hugh McCluggage, Christian Petrarca and Taylor Walker. The big mover has been Ollie Wines from Port Adelaide. He has nine votes. Jackson McRae from the Western Bulldogs has nine. But in the last four weeks, this next player has gone two, two and a half, three and one. David Mundy is on 11 votes at the top of the ESPN Brownlow medal leaderboard. Please note that is unofficial, but they've got a very good method of, of tipping the right people. So it looks like Mundy's had a great start to the season there, Louis. No, he has had signed a one-year deal to play out in 2021, David Mundy. So he's leading the dad's army at the top there. I'd expect Christian Petrarca to really challenge David. Spoke about uh, Jack, Jack, Josh Dunkley, excuse me. He's injured now for the Western Bulldogs. So he won't see him for a while. Jackson McRae, um, strong for the Western Bulldogs too. I think Taylor Walker may slide. But watch out for Hugh McCluggage, David. He's been really influential in the, border, in the Lions, excuse me, last month. So for me, McCluggage and... Petrarca, I'd expect to push on here and really challenge the Brownlow come September. There's a couple of those Melbourne players might talk about it, votes of each other, like Ablett and, Sel- us, yeah. Ablett and Selwood used to do, and, and a couple of other Geelong players. Louis, just before we um, just uh, just briefly, uh, AFL HCC uh, Black Diamond Cup matches last week. Kalani Bell, 15 15, belted Carter 3 9 27. We didn't see that on live scoring, of course. So 15 15 to 3 9. Newcastle City, 20 goals, 14-1-3-4. Trounce Warners Bay, 4-11-35. Warners Bay with a lot of players out. In an excellent performance by Gosford, Trevor Gilavoka, 
12-11-83 over Gosford, 8-6-54. And in the broadcast last game last week with uh, Lucas Holmes in chief commentary, Maitland, 17-9-111. Trounce, Singleton, 4-5-29. And Lucas, I reckon you'll have to go back in the record books a long time to see a result like those two at the top level from years and years and years with Nelson Bay having the bye. It was, yeah. It was interesting to see how Singleton were going to go uh, without Andrew Scott and Alex Pup Mitchell. So, obviously, Maitland's way too strong in the end. Um, eight goals, though, to wait for it, Ben Crowley. Um, so, eight goals, very influential there from the key forward. But just too strong in all facets of the game, really. They had some really good run um, out of their back half. Sam Jordan was very impressive in that in that facet of the game. But Singleton have bounced back, obviously slightly undermanned in terms of total numbers this year. But um, you'd expect them to bounce back as they always do. We spoke about it there earlier on. David Gossett put up a really big fight there. It was a battle of the White Brothers with Xander uh, and Laughlin coming out on top. But massive fight there for Gossett have really picked up their game, especially the sort of back half of the 2020 season in these first few games. In season 2021, we'll see them this weekend as they take on Nelson Bay at Dick Bell Oval at 2pm start. They're live on Bar TV. But, yeah, Gossett put up a really big fight. Um, Newcastle City, too strong there for Warners Bay, massively. Um, so I spoke to you on Saturday about the few begins I had with Matt Bailey and uh, Cam Keyes coming back into the fault of the city. So not too bad ends to have Kalani Vale smoked. Cardiff in the end, 15-16-3-9. So, interesting to see what Coach Machido can muster up there at Cardiff, but it looks like they're struggling after a few uh, losses in a row now. Yeah, and just before we go on to this week, in the Women's Black Diamond Cup, a big result here, and we've been speaking about them for weeks, Cardiff, 6-8-44. The only team in the last couple of years whose name's not Newcastle City to beat Kalanival, 3-5-23. City, 19-7-121, Warners Bay, one behind, and Wine Lakes, 10-15-75. Against a pretty gay Maitland, who actually tried very hard, one goal straight six. I thought Maitland, actually, uh, for three quarters, were very competitive, with Lake Mack and Terry Golovac having the buys. Louis, on to the Black Diamond, Cap, Black Diamond Cup men's this week, and we, we'll go to the broadcast game. We'll do them in order of the of chronological. At 2 o'clock, Nelson Bay and Gosford at Dick Bell Oval. 2 o'clock, Warners Bay and Terry Golovac at Fayham. At Rose Point Park in Singleton, Singleton uh, hosting Kalanival. And in the five o'clock game, please note that time under lights at the Pasterfield Sports Complex, it's the Newcastle Derby, Cardiff and City. And uh, Newcastle City and Maitland have the bye. Louis, your broadcast games, Nelson Bay and Gosford. Um, these are the games that Gosford have got to win if they're going to get into the, into the finals. It is indeed a long road trip for them up to uh, Tomorrow Peninsula, but I have seen Gosford already, haven't seen Nelson Bay, obviously. little under man, Nelson Bay, but in that first game that Alex and I did earlier, it was round two, excuse me, earlier in the season, Adam Miller, very impressive for Gosford. So was Scott Berkenshaw, um, uh, Scott Manuel, forward of the football. They didn't have Dan White, so he's another major in for Gosford after overcoming a sort of a hip and rib injury. So. I think Gossett may be too strong. Um, Warners Bay have had a horror run in terms of opponents the last few weeks. Really, the three powerhouses of the competition for the last decade. Uh, Cardiff, obviously, on Anzac Day, big win for their first win over Cardiff in six years. But having the 
uh, perennial grand finalist at City and Terrigal in two weeks is uh, not not a good run for Nathan Hartness and his charges, but they'll be up to the task uh, nonetheless. Mitch Price coming back in that thumping win over Maitland over Maitland a few weeks ago for Terrigal, so Terrigal you'd think would be too strong, but you never know. Uh, Singleton will be wanting to bounce back um, with a win over Kalani Vale, but I just don't think I see it happening. Kalani sucks. Cardiff last week, a fairly consistent side, although not massively strong on paper, but nonetheless, uh, they'll get the job done, you think. And Cardiff and City probably could be the match of the round, in my opinion, David. Obviously, co-tenants at number one sports around there in Newcastle West for a few years. So, Newcastle City away from home. At Pasterfield, Cardiff have been struggling the last few weeks. It's their supporters day down there at Pasterfield. So, some huge games of football, too, and that Cardiff. Uh, Newcastle City women's game will be will be great as well. So oh, we'll massive. That one. Yeah, great litmus test for Cardiff to see where they're at. They've just beaten Cardiff. Let's see if they can beat the Premiers. Lucas, I think it's fair to say that with the power shift, and it's been quite dramatic in the Black Diamond Cup men's, that after Terrigal of Oakwood and Newcastle City, it is quite possible that Kalani Vale is now the third best team in the league. And uh, you would think already that they are thinking large, and thinking, you know, of getting into the preliminary final. I, the, right now, from mine, the four the four best sides in the league are Terrigal Oak and Newcastle City, Kalanaval, and then, well, then it gets interesting. Maybe Gosford, may, maybe Cardiff, maybe Maitland. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, yep. But and, and Warners Bay are also going to put their hand up, although they're in a, in a tough patch at the moment. Getting into the bottom half of the finals is going to be fascinating, and it's when they play each other, they're going to be eight-point games. Indeed, it will, David. I I think I'm right in assuming it's going to be the same final structure it was in 2019. So I think we saw that year, correct me if I'm wrong, the top two sides have the week off. Uh, Look, I think that's right. I think think that that's actually right, mate. Um, I'm just doing a bit of homework while we're on here now just to see if I can uh, pull that up. But uh, I think that it might actually be correct. Um, it's again. It also might be a final five. So, I'll, well, what we'll do is yes. do a bit of homework and make some inquiries because I think it's relevant that we first of all we know because things may have changed a little, and we might come back to people next week just with a, 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 some some answers on that as to as to um, uh, what the final structure will look like. I just threw that question in there, as you said, because when it will come down to when those sort of lower teams at the finals play each other, it'll, it'll come instrumental because then in week two of the finals, you wouldn't want to be playing at City or Terrible, that's for sure. So uh, we'll come back to you that one on next, next week, but that's going to be interesting. We're obviously only four rounds completed, so a fair bit of water to go under the bridge, but plenty to look forward to in AFL Hunter Central Coast and on next week, Black Diamond Cup Women's Action Dated. Uh, Speaking of games that will be on, uh, doesn't get much bigger in, t- in terms of this for a local rivalry in the Black Diamond Cup women's. 12pm, Don Small over Wyong Lakes taking on Killarney Vale. 12pm, um, Fane over Warners Bay playing host to Terrible Avoca. 12pm uh, also, Togumba Park in Tarawa, Lake Macquarie and Maitland. And for me, the match of the round, David, as we spoke about briefly earlier, 1pm, an hour later than normal past field, Cardiff and reigning Premier's Newcastle City. Oh, look, all of those games, you could actually see four of the top five sides playing each other this weekend with the Central Coast derby and the and the Newcastle derby. Can't wait to um, 
catch up with those. It'll be really, really interesting to see how they all settle down and particularly if Cardiff's got the wherewithal and 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 whether they can continue their upward plane and beat Newcastle City. I think that'll be an absolute cracker at one o'clock at Pastorfell. Yeah, and to Black Diamond plate women's action, uh, plate men's action, David, uh, last week, Terrell Lovo got too strong for Gosford. Entrance got by a narrow three-goal win over Wong Lakes and Newcastle City too strong for Walls and West Newcastle and Musselbrook tight win over Cardiff. They've also their pla- their plates side have also lost two weeks in a row after a uh, narrow loss to Walls and West Newcastle the week before. You know what? This might be the closest of the f- competitions in the Hunter Central Coast. You know what? Th- this men's plate competition's got. I reckon there's any one of four or five sides can beat each other on any given day, and those scores indicate that. So it, the plate's going along very nicely. And, you know, um, the, the entrance and Musselbrook have got a pretty proud record at this particular level. So be very interesting to see how it all goes out. You would think that still that City and Terrigal will be there at, at, at the at the end, but there are others that will make them be accountable. And I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an excellent competition for the rest of the year. No, they have to earn it. That's for sure, David. This round, round five, Black Diamond Plate Men's, Walls and West Newcastle play host to Terrible of Oak at 2pm. At Don Small over Wild Lakes, played by Musselbrook. These are all 2pm uh, bar the last game. Lake Macquarie and Gossip do battle at Tolkaba. And at 3 o'clock, David, Cardiff and, and Newcastle City for main match of the round in the plate. Um, Cardiff beaten twice in the last two weeks, hadn't went through the last season in the Shield undefeated, so two losses in two weeks. So Cardiff will have a tough test against it, that second Newcastle City side who are very strong. They will. Look, again, there's some terrific fixtures there. Probably Wyong on Musselbrook's going to be a cracking game as well. Cardiff, Cardiff and Newcastle City, no matter where they play uh, and when they, and which competition is, they'll be competitive. But that Wyong Lakes Musselbrook game will be a cracker. And um, yeah, late Macquarie and Gosby, interested to see. Um, if Gosford can put up a really good fight there, they've gone with three men's grades this year, as you know. So it's stretch, stretch, stretching the talent pool. But yeah, look, I'm. Um, I think that will be a really interesting round. But again, I think the highlight is Cardiff and City. And finally, to the Black Diamond Plate uh, Women's, which takes uh, centre stage this week on Bar TV Sports as yeah. well. But back to last round, round four, Terrell Lovo too strong for Gosford. Entrance batter by eleven point winners over Singleton. Um, in that in the Newcastle derby, as it were, Walls and West Newcastle narrowly being defeated by a very accurate Newcastle City, in just six straight goals in a rough game out there at Wirreman Field at Musselbrook. Spoke to Cardiff player Kira Ridgewell during the week. A very tough and physical encounter out there. Musselbrook two two fourteen narrowly being defeated by Cardiff two six eighteen. Um, going into round five. Um, this will be also a very good game. Two, it's women's great to see women's uh, having two sides at, at a club. We'll see this at eleven a.m. at Pastfield on Saturday. Cardiff taking on Newcastle City at twelve p.m. Wars and West Newcastle playing host to Terrible Avoca. And the broadcast game, uh, Dick Bell over on the Tomari Peninsula and Nelson Bay, twelve p.m. So eleven fifty-five coverage. Nelson Bay Port Stevens taking on Gosford. And uh, Hunter Valley Derby, David, Black Diamond Cup, excuse me, Plate Women's Singleton Plate host of Musselbrook, 12pm at Rose Point Park. Yeah, the black, that, that Hunter Valley Derby will be a cracker. 
And also, I think that the um, Cardiff City game will be really interesting. And I do think that the uh, Nelson Bay Port Stephens Gosford game, that's a struck mate. The two of them are, are, are probably best described in a rebuilding phase. But yep. um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to call that one. A lot of, a lot of new players for you. Um, and the the one the couple of players who, who I've seen, one of them is Nikita Carter, who plays for for Gosford. She played in the in the rep weekend. Uh, she's a young on baller and can really have a really has a go. So yeah, really, Madeline, uh, oh. Madeline Rose Gray as well. Sorry, David, the yes. fullback for Gosford. We've seen her a few times as well. Yep. So yeah, should be great. Should be a great weekend of football. And again, eleven fifty five and one fifty five for your broadcast, Louis. Indeed. What about you, David? Who have you got this weekend? Uh, UTS and Inner West um, uh, at Trumper Park, uh, assuming that it's not um, moved due to wet weather. But yeah, 12, 12 50 first, first bounce in the women's game and then uh, men straight after. So it's UTS hosting, UTS bats hosting Inner West Magpies on the AFL Sydney Facebook page through Sportscast, Louis. And obviously taking part in that game, now UTS, former Nelson Bay, Marlon, Pippa Smythe playing, playing a trade for UTS as well in the, in the Premier Division women. So it will be great to see that one. And uh, looking forward to all community and AFL football this weekend. So on behalf of myself, Lucas Holmes and David Redden, always great to talk AFL football with you all as well as AFL Hummer Central Coast. So David, thank you always for joining me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. Well done on hosting, my friend. Thank you. Looking forward to joining you all all next weekend. So until then, it's a goodbye for now.